Hey, welcome to Sex and Van City. If you live in Vancouver, then this message is for you. I know that a lot of us have been experiencing quite the dry spell during this pandemic, or if you're in a couple, you might be looking to spice things up. And that means some of us have been doing online shopping or in-person shopping for sex toys. But if you're uncomfortable with shopping for sex toys in person, or if you've been online shopping for them during this pandemic and are just bored and impatient of having to wait days or even weeks for it to arrive, then wait no longer because a new local store just launched called Pleasure Bird, Vancouver's sexual health and wellness delivery service with same-day delivery service and 100% discreet packaging. And we love that discreet packaging. You know, have you seen those horror stories of people ordering dildos from Amazon and it coming to your door shaped like a dick? And that happened to someone who lived with their parents. And so that will not happen to you, I promise. This new site is focused on top sellers and popular products, so while it is a smaller selection, it helps make the shopping experience easier and less overwhelming, especially for people who are new and looking to explore the side of their sexuality, even for the first time. And right now, until February 14th, you can DM them on Instagram at PleasureBirdYVR or enter SafeSex at checkout on their website, PleasureBird.ca, to receive free condoms delivered anywhere in Vancouver to promote safe sex during the pandemic and to promote safe sex always, because that will never stop being important. So remember, visit PleasureBird.ca. with my roommate for this special episode of Sex and Van City. And would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Callan and I am Larissa's roommate. You know, we're in a state today. We are in a state today. Because yeah, <laughs> the pandemic is really getting to us. And I feel like we have, we both had different pandemic experiences, but at the same time also like very similar ones. I, I don't know where, I, I remember we actually had dinner before you left. So Callan went to St. George for a few months when the pandemic quarantine first hit. And that first week where everyone was kind of like navigating who are we allowed to hang out with, like who are we not, I came to this apartment and you made me dinner. I did. And I don't cook for many people. I know, so I very special. And now I live here. <laughs> now you live here. But um, I remember you were leaving. And I don't know, how, how were your dating experiences at the beginning of, of this pandemic? You know, it's funny. Pre-pan... I actually went on a date with someone I hadn't talked to in a year and he kind of like kept reaching out to me. It is a weird city. I don't know why he kept reaching. I mean, I can Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. guess why he kept reaching out to me, but I it was like one of those weird things where so much time had gone by and he reached out and so I was like and kind of like you know, we had like gone on a couple of dates the year before and it just fizzled and I, I mean, I guess I was just feeling kind of lonely and said, sure, let's let's go on another date. And so we did. And and at the end, he was like, all right, like, let's keep things going. Let me know. Let me know how things are going. And then, and then the pandemic hit. And thank God it did, because I never had to talk to him ever again. Mm-hmm. That's good. It was like a very convenient way to end something that you didn't want to continue. It really, really was. Because it was, it was one of those things where it's like, if you're dating someone, you either have to stick with them and spend a lot of time with them or never see them again. That's kind of what it was like for people who were in this weird limbo stage or like just starting new relationships they were like oh is this really what I want to be doing because it's either this or no one or this or I break the rules for a few months you know exactly yeah yeah and I think I mean being with my family for a few months um I didn't really think about obviously dating while I was up there having said that I did did take some time to check out the apps when I was in northern BC and Mm -hmm. it's definitely a a lot of a lot of people who love fish oh oh god is it even more so than you know like how people make fun of the guys holding fish on tinder images was it just all that yes yeah, i haven't seen a lot of that in vancouver i think yeah, as I soon as you leave vancouver you get more and more of that mm-hmm. um yeah like, i am man i provide for you <laughs> they don't even know that i have a really deep-seated fear of fish so it's like an immediate turnoff for me that's fair and the thing is i, I I feel bad for this because I would I never judge people for eating meat, but I feel like as a vegetarian, when I see that people do that, I just swipe left. 
Because I just want to avoid an awkward conversation before it happens. But if I met someone in person and I liked them who did that, I wouldn't be as against it. But if I see it in a photo, I'm like, eh. So let's talk about that. I'm curious to know, like, when you're looking at photos on an app, Mm -hmm. what are your swipe rights and your swipe lefts? Oh, that's a good question. I Okay, so one thing I've noticed, because I've, I've been on Hinge right now, because I can only do, like, one app at a time, because we've talked about this before, where, like, we get overwhelmed when we get multiple messages from people. So overwhelmed. Or from different people. I don't know how people do that in real time, like, how you have multiple people that you're hooking up with. Like, that's just so much fucking work. Like, I can't even respond to a text message. But I, I noticed that I swipe left if somebody hunts or if they have like food as their one of their photos and it's all meat like I'll swipe left and that is really judgy but it's just like a it's one of my value like uh, I don't know it's a weird that's a weird thing to bring up it's one of those things again where like if I met someone in person and had a conversation with them that was open it would be great but on a dating app you just judge right away for these little things you know yeah I think you can't help it and I think like we're into what we're into we've I know we've had this conversation for me like if someone posts a photo a shirtless photo at the gym it's like an immediate no for me that's a no for you it's a no for me and I don't know why I think maybe I just I just in my head that translate translates maybe to like being a little narcissistic Mm -hmm. even though I I will fully admit that doesn't necessarily mean that for each person but I that's what it means for me and and it's just or maybe it's a confidence thing me partly I'm like nope too many abs for this girl right here but I definitely yeah am someone who is a little more judgmental of that which obviously some people it really works for yeah, the thing is, I don't mind them. If all of your photos are gym photos, I will probably swipe left. But if you have, like, one at the gym, I kind of like that. Like, uh, the guys that I'm attracted to just tend to be super athletic and go to the gym a lot. So that's always going to be on there. But, yeah, it's, like, just interesting what people are into and what people aren't into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an array. I think I've always thought about I've never done, like, multiple. Actually, no, it's not true. I've done a couple apps at once. But I'm always curious if people just use the same photos over and over again mm-hmm. or if they pick new ones. But I, I feel like, right, you come across the same people generally. Yeah, it's a lot of the same people. And I see a lot of people <laughs> lately. Lately, I've seen a lot of people that I've already been out with or people that I dated like a couple years ago or went on a couple dates with. I keep seeing these people pop up on my apps and I'm like, maybe this is a sign I should just not be on this right now because it's just all people from my past. Yeah, whenever I try to reach out to someone new, it just does not work out. And so I don't know if I should just keep going until like, I don't know, sometimes I just put it on pause. Have you ever reached the end? Have you ever reached the end of... No, have you? Have you ever been told that there's no more? Um, I have, I have had a, like, I don't know what it says specifically, but, like, where it basically just tells you it has to, like, refresh to, like, uh-huh. find a new crop of people. Mm. Um, Mine's done that, yeah. But I, and I've heard from people in smaller towns who you just get to the end of the line and essentially, it, you just essentially have gone through every single person you can. So then you kind of, like, delete it and create a new one and start I don't know. I think you just go back and then you're just back in the same circle of people. I think oh, is how it works. That is so hard. <laughs> So before we got into this conversation, you were telling me a story and I didn't get to hear the full thing because we wanted to save it for the episode. Right. Um, about pandemic dating. Yeah. You said this is someone you were talking to. So yeah, I think, I think when I realized how Van- how small Vancouver is, mm-hmm. so I lived in Toronto for about six years before moving out here and even Toronto started to feel small by the time I left. Like I would randomly run into people on the streets. So I mean, and that's obviously... Vancouver in comparison is uh, is a smaller city, but I have always had this deep-seated fear of running into someone that I saw on an app. And it's like this really strange, like really logically, I don't think I've ever seen a person out in Vancouver and gone, oh, I saw you on uh, online or I saw you on this app. But for whatever reason, I have this fear of people recognizing me and I don't know why it's there. But I was talking to one person um, when I was up north when the pandemic started. I had been thinking about coming back down uh, to the city. And so um, somehow, actually, even though I was up north, I ended up matching with someone in Vancouver. And so, um, yeah, so we just kind of started talking and, and, um, yeah, shooting some messages back and forth. He seemed really great. And then he um, ended up 
calling me, which I thought was really nice, actually, because I was like, oh, great. Someone actually wants to have a conversation with me on the phone. And I know that's sort of the normal thing to do now during the pandemic is like FaceTime or um, but it was still pretty new to me. Um, And we ended up talking for two hours on the phone and like he talked about his family. I found out that he had a couple kids, but I also found out that he had been lying about his age. And he had told me that he was 38 when, in fact, he had just turned 47, Um, which I'm in my early 30s. And so, one, I think when someone isn't up front. So by that point, we've been talking for a few weeks. So I was a little uh, taken aback that Mm -hmm. I was just hearing about this information. Um, And then also, um, that's like a pretty significant uh, thing to to be dishonest about and I think he kept saying like oh I didn't know how to change it on the app and you know I'm so sorry about that but I just I did want to let you know anyways so that in itself was a bit of a red flag for me yeah Um, it's like the lying part it's not even the age thing you know exactly yeah and so that kind of made me uncomfortable and so yeah I think from there when I came back to Vancouver I kept sort of making excuses Um, When he was messaging me, he kept saying, like, oh, when are you coming back to the city? And I kept saying, oh, I'm pushing my date. I'm pushing my date. So I was actually not far from our apartment one day, and I was crossing the street. And um, I actually, funny enough, um, he had told me what kind of car he drives. (laughs) And I obviously had seen his photos. And I saw someone pull up at the stoplight. And I had a moment where I was like, oh, my God, I think that's, that's him. But then, of course, I, you know, thought, the big city, keep going. So I crossed the street, had my headphones in. And then I get a message from him the day after saying, are you back in Vancouver? And I said, yeah, uh, yeah, or I, I can't remember what I said, if I said yes right away or if mm-hmm. I, um, and he's like, I think I saw you. And I, and I said, oh, did you? Oh, funny, like I just got back to the city. And then he kind of started to accuse me of not um, stopping to talk to him, even though he was in his vehicle at a stoplight and was like, I see how it is. Like you say one thing, but you want something else. And, and essentially wow. just started kind of like <laughs> saying to me, like, if you really cared, you would have actually tried to talk to me or like would have acknowledged that you saw me. And I was like, dude, like, and I, I did, in fact, like I said, I oddly did recognize him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I by no means was sure it was him. So even if I was kind of thought it would be, I still would not have stopped or like tried to like get his attention because that would have been really weird. We hadn't even met yet. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those really weird things where uh, it just made me super uncomfortable because I was like, what are the chances that this random dude who I essentially had decided I was not going to pursue anything with not only saw me, but like called me out. It was like living out my worst fear, <laughs> which was... Somebody recognizing Somebody not only recognizing me, but someone saying something to me about the fact that they saw me. And so, I don't know. Honestly, it was just like such a weird turn of events where I, I, you know, he kind of was like, well, you know, I think we ended off with him saying, I see how it is. And, you know, you made me think that you were really invested in this, but you're clearly not. Again, this is a person I'd never met in person before. Yeah, who you'd had what, like, two conversations with? We'd been chatting, messaging back and forth yeah. for, like, a few weeks, but, like, we'd only really had, like, a like one long conversation. Yeah. Like, chatting with each other. Right. So, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying I, it was the right thing for me to do when I was sort of, like, being dishonest about coming back to the city. I should have just off the bat said, like, hey, I'm not interested mm-hmm. and left it there, but I kind of was, was sort of going through the motions of, like, moving back to the city and trying to figure out what my next steps were. It wasn't my priority. Right. Um, so, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, you know, not sorry. This just reminded me, so when when I was in quarantine, so I lived alone, and so I spent a lot of time alone. Like, even, I, I mean, you live with me now. You know how much time I spend alone, but I spent even more when I was living in a studio apartment by myself. But anyways, when I was living in that apartment, I, yeah, I was a little bit lonely, and so I joined Bumble, and I like Bumble because as the woman, you get to message first, mm-hmm. and it just makes me feel, like, more powerful, but then when people don't respond, I'm like, have you used Bumble before? I've never tried it. Okay, I, I like it because then you can message people, but a lot of people don't respond. So I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like to be a dude on Tinder. Okay. But yeah, there was this one guy that I talked to like every single day for a month, like an entire month. We talked every day and it was so nice because like 
he was really sweet and he would always ask me how my day was and he would call me beautiful like we followed each other on Instagram and he would just always ask me about my day and so it was just really nice to have someone to talk to but then once everything started opening up again and people were hanging out and it was really nice outside so you could do like distance walks and stuff he kept being like really sketchy about meeting up with me and he was a real person like I had him on Instagram like I always look people up because I'm super creepy Hmm. like you know it wasn't that but he was so weird about meeting up and then he would come into Vancouver because he lived in one of the suburbs and at like 10 p.m one night he's like oh I'm in town like can I come over and I was like no I haven't even met you yet like in person and then he was gonna come visit me at the bar that I worked at at brunch on Sundays but the meal he wanted wasn't on the menu at the time and then I texted him when I was at work and I was like oh it is it's back on the menu today like I'm so sorry you totally could have come and then he responded you're being a bad girl you should be punished for that (laughs) what the fuck like sexting is totally fun when it's consensual and that's the vibe but I was literally at work being like the chicken and waffles that you wanted is actually here so like the next time you're in town you can come and he goes you're being a bad girl (laughs) you should so and then for the next little so I kind of like faded out I was so disappointed because I'm like this person I've been talking to every day it's just oh fuck it's so weird and then I finally unfollowed him off of Instagram because he would send me like really inappropriate messages so that actually leads me to a question yeah how late is too late for a first date like if someone is going to meet up with you on a first date right what's like the cutoff time for like yes this is an acceptable time to meet you on a first date oh i see okay it honestly depends because if you're somebody who works late because you you work till like 8 30 mm-hmm. so if somebody wanted to go for a drink with you at nine that's totally normal yeah or like a late dinner i feel like seven or eight is okay but any later i'd probably be like no mm-hmm. and one time i went on a date at like 10 a.m for a coffee coffee crossword puzzle date i think that's kind of cute and i hated that because oh. i am not a morning it's cute in theory but I'm not a morning person, so I woke up early to go on a date with this, like, just fuck this, oh my god, this guy was, it's for another time, but, yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's true. I think the 8 o'clock range, 8 o'clock is, like, a sweet spot. I think mm-hmm. that's, like, a nice, like, after dinner time to grab a drink. Um, yeah, I once had a first date ask me to meet at 11 p.m., so... And how did that work out? For it did you? not work out. What did you guys even go anywhere? Like I remember you telling me this, but what? Uh yeah, we ended up it's because he said he had hockey practice and could only meet that late, and so I agreed. And uh we yeah, we met in Gastown and uh grabbed a drink when <laughs> at a time when bars were open till eleven. I know, I was like, wait. That was so triggering to me. I was like, bars were open at eleven thirty. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the fool who agreed to to meet up at that time, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I would not recommend. I would not recommend. That's um, it's a faux pas, I think, in terms of yeah. first date etiquette. Even if it is just a hookup, I feel like you could at least do something. Like, I don't know, I've, I've gone on dates where it's obviously only going to be for that night or it's going to be casual, but, like, it at least starts at 7 where they, like, want to hang out and get your vibe first, but at 11.30... He kept pushing it. Like, first it was, like, 9, and then right. he's like, oh, I can't make it until, like, 9.30, and he's like, oh, no, now I can't... And so I think... And I, I bought into it, so... Yeah. <laughs> I should have been the bigger person and said, nope, gotta be in bed. Sorry, bud. That's okay. Now you have a fun story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one interesting thing is that, so when I moved in with you, you were single, mm-hmm. and now you are not single. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And, oh my god, no, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I just went, um, I'm so sorry for being in a relationship. Yeah, fuck you. Um, no, I, I'm just saying that because dating during a pandemic is so interesting because, like, Bonnie Henry is telling us some things that are very, very confusing and it's so hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. So how how did you think that affected your relationship? Because I know, I know you guys weren't dating for very, very long before it, like, got serious. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, with my, with, with my boyfriend, I think, um, the difference was that, like, because um, I, I still was a little hesitant to meet up. I actually had known him from um, UBC and then um, we connected with him and so found him, snagged him off an app. Yeah. Um, for, for my American friends, UBC is University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Yeah. Just, to, just in case. 
Um, and so I, um, I think that made me, I, I had already interacted with him. And so when it came to like actually meeting up with him, I knew, I knew I was attracted to him. And so that made it a bit, um, mm-hmm. I guess less daunting to go on like a first date during these times. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very much like, I like to be attracted to someone before I date them. Totally. And so I, yeah, I like that for you. I loved that, that you like knew you were already attracted. Yeah. To I mean, I, and I, I mean, I think we both have had experiences where it's like, just it's right. You can connect with someone really easily online and have good conversation. And then mm-hmm. within like, not always, but like, I'm, I'm usually pretty decisive within like the first at least like 15 20 minutes of a conversation I tend to be able to tell like if this is it's something I want to keep pursuing or not mm-hmm. um but uh yeah so I think like yeah we just kind of did the whole like first date was on a pat like we went to a patio and then second date we went on a walk I think third date we did something outside again so it was just like a gradual progression of like and then I realized that I was just not interested in seeing other people. We yeah. realized that pretty fast, I think, both of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I think, like, it, it, it's definitely, I mean, I will admit that we're really lucky to be living in Vancouver at this time because um, restaurants are still open yeah. and, um, like, it's a very different world than a lot of people are living in. Um, and so we can have some semblance of a normal relationship. We can go outside and do things. There's hikes we can do. There's... We can go to a restaurant every now and again if we'd like to. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about it is that things just kind of feel like it's been on like fast forward mm-hmm. because we do have smaller bubbles. And even by now, I, you know, we've been, we've been dating um, for a few months. And like by now, I, I and with my past relationships, I would have at least met some of their friends. Um, so right. I think it's just, it's just interesting because our, our bubble is very much us and you. Yeah, I talk to you about this a lot, but I feel so bad because I... Since I'm not dating anyone and I have a pretty small bubble that's like you guys and then one other friend, it's like I have nowhere else to go. And so when you guys are here and like trying to have alone time or like trying to make breakfast and I'm like working in the living room, I just feel so <laughs> bad. Because I'm like, I want to give you your space, but I have nowhere else to go. But I don't think that's an, that's never been an issue. And I yeah. think we talked about this where I apologized when you said when you said that you moved in and then I started dating someone because it is a different world. It is a different kind of scenario when you live with a girlfriend or a good friend and you're both single. It's just a different, right? It's yeah. just a different vibe I think and um I've never wanted to be that girl who like has their boyfriend over all the time or who like is right like making that a priority like my friendships are just equally as important to Mm -hmm. me as my partner is and so I think even now trying to strike a balance like I know it's a pandemic and that you moved in with me so that you wouldn't have to be alone and so (laughs) I still struggle with that where I'm like I I'm like oh please check in with me because like I would rather I would rather be around for you when you need that yeah it's been an interesting experience. I mean, I think, you know, the one silver lining of the pandemic for me is that he actually was um, working in a different province um, and moved back because he wanted to work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so were it not for the pandemic, <laughs> we probably wouldn't have crossed mm-hmm. paths again. And so yeah, um, I think that's kind of a cool, weird twist on all of this that I sort of have to remind myself. Yeah. And one um, thing that I really love to think about is that you you were thinking about moving back home to Ontario was. but there's something in you that was like I'm just not done with Vancouver yet and I and you know the selfish part of me is like I want you to stay here so I can keep you as my roommate but also like when you have that gut feeling you have to trust it yeah and then you met him and like you know you never know what's gonna happen with that in the future and so it's, it's really cool that there was a part of you that was like you're not done with Vancouver yeah. And all this stuff is happening, you know? It's true. And I think I didn't, yeah. I mean, I have thankfully up until this point in my life, and I'm very lucky that I've never made a decision that I've fu- had to fully go, I really regret doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, even moving out here for school, it was a lot of gut instinct, which was just like, you want something new, do it. And I, I think it's funny when we talk about relationships too, and I've had this conversation with friends where like, you know, we talk about the decisions we make in life and what we, you know, what is practical and what kind of things um should we be considering and I think ultimately when it comes to like relationships and love and dating it's it's 95 percent gut to start with you just Mm -hmm. go off a feeling but yet when we are making decisions about like our careers or where we're gonna live a lot of that has to come down to like massive planning or doing what you think is practical versus what you think you just feel is right but 
I feel like that's kind of how I it manifests is like how is it that as human beings we're so um we're so willing to like use that as our guiding point for choosing a partner mm-hmm. but we won't trust our gut when it comes to doing things that we want to do for ourselves mm-hmm. and I yeah. still am trying to navigate that and decide and go through those motions of like well well what if I applied that to the rest of my life and said like okay I just want to do something or be somewhere because it just feels right versus mm-hmm. everything makes complete sense yeah because I know you're drawn to some other places as well so it's mm-hmm. like why do we listen to one thing but we don't listen to another thing and it's oftentimes it's because they clash and so that, absolutely that just get very confusing yeah and not to say your gut can't be wrong it can be obviously mm-hmm. we know that totally and there's lots of proof <laughs> of that <laughs> especially when it comes to dating and love but I think mm-hmm. ultimately um yeah I think our own like and maybe I think maybe the pandemic has allowed people to reflect on that a bit more too and to recognize like what is it that really does make them happy or what is it that people that we're looking for mm-hmm. outside of just our everyday because once that's taken away from you I think that's when you when you no longer have that freedom is when you are the most likely to reflect and to to visualize or to imagine what else there is was that so when I was in undergrad um, I went to university in Iowa my best one of my best friends that I lived with um, my last two years hey girl she listens to this podcast it was so funny because the person she was dating at the time I remember they were um, she's married now um, to him hello so they were hello hi hi they were banging in her room and I was super super drunk probably stoned and I was eating a burrito in my bed alone and like watching Breaking Bad and I was like this is great but like I don't always want to be this girl like I don't want to be the single girl eating a burrito like while her roommate is having sex and then at my new place or um at my apartment in Vancouver I remember one night I was really really sad so I heated up a burrito and ate it in bed and started watching Netflix and then my neighbors started having the loudest sex I thought someone was getting murdered for a second because she was screaming so loud and I looked up at the sky and I was like god are you fucking kidding me do you know what the worst part of that is is that once someone starts you can't not like what are you supposed to do oh I pause I pause my Netflix and I listen that's so (laughs) creepy but I'm like so curious because I can't not listen to it now that I've heard it I'm like waiting for her to finish so I can go back to my Netflix okay I wasn't I wasn't suggesting that you actually oh. try and listen. I was trying to say you can't help but listen because unless you have like noise cancellation headphones that you can put on, which I do not have. You can't help but listen. You can't you do it help on purpose. Nobody does it on purpose. <laughs> like my pandemic life is so dry that like I would just love to experience this with you right now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining that previous pandemic or the the flu that ran through in the 1900s (laughs) when nobody had netflix (laughs) or any other thing to do there was just a bunch of larissas with their ears pressed up against the wall listening to their neighbors like for real (laughs) it's just i mean what the fuck else are you supposed to do uh well now i know what you do in your spare time right okay so to be fair i our rooms are like soundproof from each other it's so weird because I can hear when you're watching TV, but I can't hear when you're having sex. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I, can, I don't have sex, Marissa. Yeah, no. We're not married. No, exactly. Hello. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I can, like, hear when, when you're watching Big Mouth. I can, like, hear the, the, the um, intro song. But I literally cannot hear anything else. And so it's so nice. And, like, you haven't heard me either. And, like... I don't know, one time you were in the bathroom and I had somebody over and I was like, I need to wait till she's out of the bathroom so she doesn't, like, hear me. I'm not going to lie. When I'm looking at apartments, especially as an adult with who knows I'm going to have a roommate because that is, that is living in Vancouver, mm-hmm. which yeah. is no one can afford to live on their own, really. I mean, you were doing it, but I know. Mm-hmm. 
everyone has to I make mean, sacrifices. I, I was also working three jobs and crying every day. So, <laughs> so let's not count that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think there's something to be said about having like our place is really nice because we have like a hallway yeah. that at least like runs down. Yeah. Um, but it's true actually is that our um, yeah our place is quite soundproof, which is quite yeah. nice. And I don't think I've ever heard our any of my neighbors, so that's great. During the day, I'm like, do your thing, girl. But sometimes at three in the morning, like at my old place when I'd hear something, I would be so angry because I was like, I don't want to shame you. Like, I want you to be as loud as you want. Enjoy it as much as you want. But not at three in the morning. Like, if it's at three in the morning, put a pillow on your face because I'm so fucking tired. And now I can't go to bed. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Once you're up, you're up. Mm-hmm. There's no no getting know, away from yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. You have to just wait till they're <laughs> just done. Ride it through. <laughs> um, one thing that I love about I don't know that's the one thing I missed about having a roommate because I always lived with people my whole life until those three years. <laughs> you missed hearing them have sex? No. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. I was getting into something else. Um, <laughs> what do you miss? What did you miss about having a roommate, Larissa? <laughs> I was trying to make a smooth transition, and it was not smooth at all. I was going to say one thing that I missed about having a roommate was just being able to come home and, like, talk shit about your day. Or, like, you go on a date and you come home and you have someone to, like, dish it out with. And that's the one thing I love about having you here is that I can come home from something or something will happen and I'll just, like, go to your room or we'll, like, stand in the hallway and just, I'll just, like, catch you up on everything in the five minutes we get to see each other. Like, because our shifts are, you kind of work nights and I work days. Yeah, it's true. So I'm like, hey, do you have five minutes? But you keep me very accountable for the people that I date. And I remember when I first moved in here, you made a joke where you were like, no more models, no more actors. I don't remember what you said. No more Something about, sure. no more social media influencers. None of those. And I, I, It's not that I don't think those people deserve love as well. I just think that, that for lack of a better term, you have a type. What's my type? Apparently, models and social media influencers. But why don't you tell everyone else what your type is, Larissa? I'm not going to explain that. So here's the thing. This is one really, really funny thing about dating in Vancouver is that it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like dating in LA where everybody's trying to make it in something. Like half of the people are, are kind of like business people. And then everyone else is an actor or, like, a model or a musician or something. Mm -hmm. And that does make it really fun, but it also makes it really challenging because you don't know what someone's priorities are, and it makes it really hard to get away from them. So there's this person that I dated that's probably, like, the closest to a guy I've ever been, and we met almost two years ago. It'll be two years in March, and he started listening to this podcast because we are friends now, and... I'm going to be talking about him a lot, so hey. But I remember there there was a time when I was trying to get over him. When we first started dating, there was just a lot of stuff that happened, and he we dated for a few months, and then he went was going to Europe for the summer, which he told me on our first date. Like he told me right away, but in my head I was like, oh, but you know we have such a good connection, so like maybe he'll fall in love with me, and I'm like want to take me with him or like want to stay with me and not want to bang random girls across Europe. But, like, obviously, that's what he wanted to do. So when he left, we left on good terms. But I don't know. Like, I just knew that he was going to, like, be free and do his thing. Because he'd never mm-hmm. had that opportunity before. Because he's a refugee. So, like, he I just he had never had the opportunity to, like, travel across Europe and be a hoe. So I was like, you know what? He deserves this. I don't want to be mad. Like, obviously, I was sensitive about it. But I'm like, I'm not going to blame him. So I'm, like, trying to get over this guy. But he's also super fucking beautiful and has, like, a really unique look. And he had done an ad for a brand at Sport Check. And he had done another ad for a brand that was also at Sport Check. And so I was trying to get over him this one summer and, like, go on other dates and just be really open to whatever happened. But everywhere I fucking went, this guy was, like on a billboard and like on the side like sport check it's kind of like the store to go to for athletic stuff Mm -hmm. right like it's a really big deal it's like in all the malls it's like all the popular malls or shopping centers that you go to there will be a sport check and he was on all these fucking ads and i was like i cannot get away from this motherfucker and so then i remember there was a time he came back from europe and then he ended up leaving again for six months which he decided to tell me last minute so i was so fucking angry at him and 
I was like, hey, I'm going to watch a show, like, a cheesy show to get over him again, like, just to keep my mind off of it. But he also did work as an extra on shows, because a lot of shows are filmed in Vancouver, like, um, Supergirl, Riverdale, like, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Supernatural, like, all these fucking shows. So I'm watching Supergirl, <laughs> and he's on, like, oh entire episode and I was like you've got to be fucking kidding me like I'm trying so hard to get over this guy that like my heart wants to be with so bad and that like has just completely taken over my life and he is just everywhere all over my Instagram feed because like we message each other so he would show up in my discovery feed tagged in all these like model shit I was like oh my god I don't I don't yeah I don't know how you were able to mentally handle that because I, I was not stable. No, <laughs> I was not. I think the whole idea, like when, uh, like, you know, a relationship or even just a couple dates in, if you decide you don't want to be with someone, generally you put them back into the pool of people that can be swiped through, and you leave right. them there. Yeah. Normally, it's it's so I don't know. The city is really small, but it's also like people I've been on dates on. I haven't really seen them again in person. Mm-hmm. But with him, it's just like mm-hmm. he just. And this is why I drink. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open a white claw right now. Just please on. do. Oh, that's a good sound. For the record, this episode is not sponsored by White Claw, but it yeah. should be. If you can guess the flavor, I'll give you ten dollars. Yeah, but I've decided to just nickname that guy Sport Check because of that situation. I think it's so funny, but I'm actually so triggered by that store. Like every time I go on Robson Street and I walk by Sport Check, I can't even look at it. And it's so weird. It's been almost this was the summer of 2019 that this happened, but I like cannot look at Sport Check. And when I go in, I get so scared. I like won't look at the ads, even though it's been 2 years. So like they've obviously turned over, but I just get really nervous. So how many shirtless photos did he have on his profile? Honestly, he didn't have any, hmm, but he has a, he had his Instagram attached. Mm. So this is the one thing that I, I've realized about. If you're dating somebody who does stuff like that, who does modeling or acting or whatever, who has like a high profile Instagram, I don't actually look at their profiles until I get to know them. Like I didn't look at his Instagram until like a month or two of, of dating him because I was like, I want to judge him for how I know him. I don't want to judge him based on his pictures because they were all professional and they were all like I don't know they just weren't yeah, him true. to me so like it, he, yeah it's funny to me because I think this is and maybe this is just because we're, there's not a huge age gap between us but there's enough that I mm. and other women in their 30s probably will argue that they use Instagram obviously way more than they use like Facebook or yeah. but but however I I traditionally just chat to more people on Facebook so I have never asked a guy for his Instagram handle to connect mm. with him. I always ask for a phone number. Like, usually, I don't know, we'll message back and forth, and then I tend to eventually be like, hey, like, um, would like to meet up. Yeah. Can you either, can I grab your number I or never here's mine? On, on Facebook. That's so interesting. Not on Facebook. I'll get their number, but I would be more likely mm. to add them on Facebook first, I guess, than I would be to add them on Instagram. <gasps> Mine's the opposite. That's kind of cool. That's like a cool. Because we're six six years apart. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's why I don't want to speak for all women no, who are in my age bracket. A, yeah. But it's I don't know if that's because I don't I I'm also not a big Instagram user myself. Yeah, I think I'm like a I'm I'm that age, and that mentality where I'm kind of like I'm not Gen Z. I'm very much a millennial, but I think I still have a bit of a Gen Z mentality because I do social media for work, mm-hmm. and so I like am just like into all these like trendy apps I have no idea what I'm doing but I think maybe that's why Instagram kind of like so tell me more about like what you can decipher so like I I mean obviously I have Instagram Mm -hmm. but like when you see someone's profile can you are you do you usually make a pretty accurate assumption about that person oh see this is why I don't like looking at it because with with sport check specifically like his he has a decent or when I when I was first dating he had a decent amount of followers a bunch of likes, like, a bunch of girls commenting. And so that shit just kind of makes it look like he's this, like, big player. He's probably an asshole. He's probably, like, whatever. But then you meet him in person, he's completely different. And mm-hmm. so it's, like, I just, I hate looking, that's why I hate looking at profiles, because it's it has nothing to do with who they are. No, I think that's fair. It's funny because I've thought about this, too, where, like, some people are just, like, untraceable online. Like, they don't mm-hmm. have a presence. And I think it's generally, it's generally, I think, a common... Um, perception that like 
most people are trackable online somehow. Yeah. So, like, does it weird you out if you message someone or meet up with someone and, like, if, I mean, we're both trained journalists. Mm -hmm. I think we both know how to do a bit of digging around and investigating. Like, I'm not going to lie. I pull up everything I can about you before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. But point and then feign interest that's the fun part was when you get to feign interest like like as in like oh i've never heard that before oh my god so with <laughs> with sport check the thing about this guy is that he's from another country and he dated someone for a really long time because it's part in certain cultures that you like date people when you're young you get married young you save yourself for marriage mm-hmm. so he was engaged to someone and i had creeped him so hard on instagram and the thing is i never found his instagram cassandra did the one from the daddy issues episode and who callan also met she, like, typed his first name and the word model and then found him. And I was like, do not send me his Instagram. I don't want to see it. And then she, like, went through it. And I was like, oh, my God. So after that, I had to look through it. But I, after, he told me on the first date that he used to be engaged, which kind of came out. Like, that's not something that you usually tell people. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally looked at his Instagram, I creeped, like, super far back. And I creeped this, this woman. And she's so cute. Like, so beautiful. Like, I... When I look at other women, I'm, I'm not doing it to compare. Like, I'm just really curious. Like, mm-hmm. I was just curious about, like, who she was. So I did a little bit creeping. And then a few months went by, and he was, like, showing me a photo of him with a different haircut. And he goes... <laughs> there was a photo of him and a girl and another guy. And I recognized the girl, obviously. And he was like, oh, this is a photo of me. And he was like, oh, and that's my ex. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, she's really cute. Like, pretending I had never seen her before, but I totally had. And it's just so funny that you have to be like, you have to pretend that you didn't do the creeping. You're like, oh, my God, like, she's so cute. Like, I've never seen her before. You had her name, her address, her SIN number. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember there was a photo of them. Oh, my God, he's going to hate me so much for this views list. There was a photo of them, like, dressed up on Halloween. And I just remember asking him once if he liked Halloween. And he was like, <laughs> one time I, like, dressed up as a vampire, and it was really funny. And in my head, I was like, oh, really? But knowing that I saw the photo of them as vampires <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I'm so psychotic. But um, it's just funny, though, because you have to, like, pretend that you haven't seen that It's shit. true. You literally have to say... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm that's like, really interesting. And I'm usually, like, pretty open about that, but in this situation, I just didn't... Nope, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I think it gets to a point where... I think I've had points where I've said to my partners, finally, my boyfriends, being like, oh, yeah, no, I absolutely knew that about you. <laughs> right? <laughs> but still, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a real thing. Boys don't think that we don't look this shit yeah. up. Yeah, I don't do. think that they, they look as far into ours as we do into theirs in my experience anyways like a guy has not looked that far back like maybe one or two Mm. and they've been really open about it and that creeps me out and so that's kind of why I keep it a secret because I'm like oh it is kind of creepy when someone's like guess what Larissa yeah it's not a secret anymore someone's like oh I I creeped your Instagram and then I clicked on the website that you have in your link that's basically like all my publications and then I read all your blog posts, and then I overanalyzed them, and now I think I know everything about you, and now I think we're meant to be together, even though I just read this one story. Yep. Yep. I mean, realistically, I think it's good. I want to go into... So if you're going to go into a date, you might as well feel comfortable and confident that you've done as much background research mm-hmm. on someone as possible yeah. to just know that they're not, like, a serial killer or someone who's crazy. I mean, like... Yeah, you need to know that they're a real person. That's the thing. Like, that's what I look into. It's like, their job is real. Yeah. Who they say they are is real. Cool. So, this throws me back to, like, the early days of online dating, which was back when I was using, like, Plenty of Fish, say, Mm -hmm. probably about a decade ago. And I had connected with someone, and back then it was like... Oh, no, I guess it was a lot of the same stuff. It had his, like, star sign, his eye color a photo of him it was this really attractive I think he was Australian and he um was kind of hesitant to meet up but then he like had offered to like video chat with me and then I don't know if I had maybe shown my friend his profile but someone either either I found it or someone else found the same the same pictures on a different site but just different information so like a different star sign a different eye color a different height so Clearly someone had lifted the photos, obviously, of some hot Australian model, should have known better, and created a profile. I never actually, I 
at soon as I found this information out, decided I was no longer going to be video chatting with this person. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of super curious what would have happened. Like, right, like what did they it? think? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Did they... Like, who was it going to be? Were they even going to show up? Like, would they have been, like, some... I, I don't I'm, I'm genuinely, like, kind of curious what would have happened or who would have been... Right? Yeah. What would have transpired if that's I the, just... That's uh, the one thing I don't get is that I, I've, I've seen some profiles where people use really popular photos of, like, models that I've seen. And I'm like, what is the point of that? Like, do you want people to send you nudes? Or, like, are you trying to build a connection because you're insecure? Or are you just mm-hmm. trying to be an asshole? Because, like, there are people who are on these websites, like, trying to find a genuine connection. Like, what are you getting from using photos that aren't yours and, like, trying to be someone else? Like, I just don't fucking get it. Something I've noticed about dating in Vancouver that's different than anywhere else, and maybe it's just because of the year it is and how social media has completely taken over, but all the dates that I've been on here, the guy will follow me on Instagram, like before we meet up Hmm. or even if we're just talking they'll follow me on instagram or if we go on one date they'll follow me after but then like never talk to me and my rule is that i only follow someone on instagram if i'm like really close with them or if we're like actually dating like with sport check we've been friends for like two years so i follow him on instagram because like we're genuinely friends and i didn't but i didn't follow him until after a few months and i think that's fair Mm -hmm. like you know Mm -hmm. but I have found that, like, I, I don't know if, like, this has happened to you, but, like, every guy that I've talked to lately has just followed me on Instagram and looked at my shit, but, like, never stopped talking to me. I think that's so fucking weird. Even someone I go on one date with will be like, oh, I'm gonna follow her, but, like, never talk to her again. I have never had a guy ask me for my Instagram. Do you know what, though? They don't ask me for it. They just find me. Oh. Yeah, I've never had anyone find me on Instagram. Oh, my God. I don't know what, I don't know what this is. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't, again, I, 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 I don't want to speak for, like, the wider experience, so I don't know if that's, again, maybe, like, an, an age bracket thing? Like, I don't know, what's, like, does it depend on the age bracket? Like, what's your age bracket of people that you're matching with? My, it's usually, it's, like, late 20s. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's not fair, because, like, I would say mine was, like, late 20s to, yeah like, late 30s. It's... Yeah, I think a lot of the people that I, I match with or connect with are around my age. Like, yeah. all the people that have done this are about, like, I'm 27, and so I think that they're probably around that around that age. Actually, I just realized, too, do you have a public profile? I do. Mine's private. Oh. So I, I don't, yeah, I have, yeah. like, I just, I keep mine private. I just don't want a bunch of bo- bots to follow me. A bunch of bots to a follow me. A bunch of bots. Um, I, so. I realize that I should keep it private. Because, I mean, I don't post inappropriate shit, but I do have a sex podcast and I work for a professional institution, which we don't need to name disclose here. But I, I when I was first making this podcast, I, I thought about it for like over six months and I was like, if somebody from my work finds out about this, I don't want them to fire me. Then I was like, wait, the reason why I'm doing this is because I, I want people to be able to talk about these things in like an open mm-hmm. space without shame. And I'm not doing anything wrong and I'm not like bringing my work into this. And so mm-hmm. even with my public profile, it's like I am posting things that are like I post photos of my ass sometimes. But then if somebody were at work were to bring it up and be like, this is inappropriate. I'd be like, oh, so you, like, have a problem with body positivity? Like, I would just bring that in, and then they'd be like, oh, shit, because everyone gets offended by everything, so I could just be like, oh, you have a problem with sex positivity and, like, me talking about consent? And they'd be like, oh. So. It's true, and I think I've told you, I really respect that you are doing this. I didn't I, I didn't grow up in the most sex-positive household, and mm-hmm. so it's a very difficult topic for me to talk about or to feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I'm alone in that, and... I feel like I am still getting comfortable having conversations even with my female friends about sex and body positivity and pleasure and um, it's yeah. not it's not something it's funny that I still have a bit of a wall up when it comes to again feeling like I can talk about it even with you as my roommate mm-hmm. who I know is very open about it um, but I I think I have my own um, yeah level of either shame associated with it or um, just like I have those same worries which is what if I talk about this in a public forum and right. it comes back at me and it you know it 
somehow if you know, impacts a job that I have or and a relationship that I have. But I think ultimately part of the problem is that we're not having enough of these conversations and women are often women I shouldn't say I don't want to gender this actually but in in general I think these conversations that for women for years and generations of women were essentially not allowed to have and they couldn't talk about Mm -hmm. and I think that we're not very far removed from those generations still um and and I think it's pretty cool that you're doing a project like this yeah, and one of the things that I think about, too, is that having this podcast or being so open about sex, I still have this feeling in my head that, like, men listening to it or other women or anyone listening to it are going to be like, oh, this is why she's single, because she's a hoe and because she does all this stuff. And the fact that I have that in the back of my head sometimes, like, so a lot of mornings I wake up and I'm really confident about it. I'm like, I love that I'm doing this because, like, I know that I spend most of my time alone, so I'm like, I'm not actually, like, having that much sex. But I think that me talking about it and being so open and, like, vulgar about it sometimes, I'm, like, like, people understand, people, a lot of people are probably thinking, like, oh, this is why she's single, because she's, like, unmarriable, you know? And, like, that's what I think about when I, you know, and I hate that I have that thought. And I think all of that, again, is is just how we were brought up and what Mm -hmm. we were trained to think and what we think is appropriate and not, and, and it's all imposed on us right Mm -hmm. to believe those things and to to feel like um we're bad or we're and i and yeah i do think religion can play a role with that but i think family dynamics can play a role in that there are so many reasons we feel that way Mm -hmm. uh and i really think like what's important is getting to the root of it and understanding where that comes from and then being able to address it from there, whether or not it's with your friends or even if it's with your partners, like being able to talk to a partner about what you like mm-hmm. is super, super, super important and is not a conversation that, of course, like I was brought up with. It was never a conversation in my family about how to have those conversations with the other people in your life. So um, I think we just have to, we're the generation that's teaching ourselves a lot and that is learning a lot on our own mm-hmm. and kind of having to understand how important it is to pass that along to our kids yeah if we if we have them right and to to teach them that what consent is and what is important and that pleasure is okay and but it has to be through consent and all of those things that literally Mm -hmm. no one could talk about one one thing i really wanted to ask you was Mm -hmm. i you know we we've dated we both lived in different cities across the world you've i mean you've lived in cooler cities than i have but I've no, you know, my experience with dating is that guys will make up like the dumbest excuses to not want to date me or be with me. Like, what are some of the things that guys have used as an excuse to not want to commit to you? I mean, I think what's funny is like when you you go on on something like an app to meet people, and obviously there's um, the underlying um, assumption that a lot of people are on there just to hook up. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that I kind of set my intentions out mm-hmm. pretty clearly, but maybe not always. And I think I've gotten a few like, oh, it just seems like you're way more into this than I'm. Or I, j- I just got out of a relationship and I'm not ready for this um, without actually any acknowledgement of like asking me, what is it that I want? That's kind of been a standard, I think, that I've experienced. Uh, I also th- I'm trying to think of other excuses that I've heard. Um, a lot of just like ghosting or you know I felt a connection a stronger connection with someone else which is a pretty typical that one I actually can respect a bit more because I think when we live in this world yeah yeah, at least when you we you and I talked about this it's like at least give something you know like even if it's not the full truth right like I even even with these people that have said to me I just feel like I am getting out of something and I just feel like I can't give you what you need Mm -hmm. at least you're giving me something rather than if it's the whole truth or not the whole truth, at least it's something rather than just ghosting or disappearing completely and and making me feel like I'm right. The... And yeah, that's the one thing I've really prided myself in is that I don't I don't I don't ghost people that I've been on dates with. Sometimes I'll ghost people on apps, but everybody does that. Like when you're just yeah. not into it, you just stop responding. That's like a normal totally whatever. But once I go out with someone and I meet them, I don't ghost them. Even if I've just been on one date and they ask me out again, I'm like, hey, like, I wasn't really feeling this, but I really wish you, the, like, the best of luck, whatever. 
Yeah, like I'll I'll always give somebody an honest response, and I won't I won't be harsh about it because there are times where I I've like really just not been attracted to them, and I would never straight up tell someone that. But I'm just like, hey, like I'm not feeling it. Like I really hope that you find someone, but like I don't want you to waste your time. When I'm just gonna keep making up excuses. But then once you sleep with someone, ghosting is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think people understand how much it can really fuck somebody up when you just like disappear without an explanation, even if you're like. Uh, yeah, even if you're like, hey, I, I've been dating other people and I just met a girl that I liked more. Like that sucks, but at least you're not like sitting there wondering what you did, what was wrong when it has nothing to do with you. It's just like sometimes mm-hmm. people just have a better connection with someone else. What are some of the excuses you've gotten from people? So when, oh, when you were talking, like the frustrating thing about your answer is that those are the exact things that I get every time. Is like, oh, I just got out of a serious relationship, or. I'm just not looking for anything serious right now or I just think you're more invested in this than I am. And when you said they do that without even asking you what you want, because the one thing that I didn't bring up, so I, I brought up a story about Bromeo in my, the sexual gray area episode and the frustrating thing about him saying that I was more invested in it than he was is that I was literally just matching what he was doing. Because you you were here when we started dating. Like, you saw... I, you know, like, you saw all the effort that he was putting in. Like, it was insane. And he didn't even ask me. He was like, oh, maybe we could be casual. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm down for that. Because newsflash, sometimes women enjoy casual sex, too. We just like consistency. (laughs) And he was not consistent. He was very much like, oh, it's going to be on my terms when I want... Because I feel like this is how you feel, but he would never ask me how I felt. So it was all the same excuses. And I'm not down for that. Like, if you're honest about what you want, if you're like, hey, I want something casual, these are the terms. It's like, I appreciate that so much more than someone just playing you. Because you're still probably going to get laid. But at least I'm coming from a place where, like, I know what you want. (laughs) I remember once there was someone I thought I was seeing who legitimately just, like, I tried to introduce him to my roommate mm-hmm. and he was not having it. He literally, I think he like, he like almost ninja'd out the front door. I've never seen someone leave so fast from a place in my entire life. I had one roommate and he, I like, she was like in the kitchen and I tried to like introduce her and he, he just like, he bolted. He, I swear, I, I think if he could have jumped off my third floor balcony, <laughs> he would have. <laughs> roommate like you're gonna meet someone's roommate if you're sleeping with them it was not my mother no yeah yeah no he just like was that was that it ended soon <laughs> after that because i was like i'm pretty sure this person is not invested in this relationship that's that's the thing that i appreciate about my current sport check situation is that he's someone that i've been occasionally hanging out with during this time but he's not an, an asshole. Like, I introduced him to you because he, like, you know what I mean? And he was, like, chill about it. He's not like, oh, fuck, we're not in a relationship. So, like, I don't want to meet her roommate. It's like, if you're going to someone's apartment, mm-hmm. you're going to meet their roommate. Why are you being so fucking weird about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, I think what's, it's true. I think what's true is that you'll, like, we all know when people are interested in us because they, they show interest, right? Mm-hmm. We do the same for them. They do the same to us. Yeah. It's like, when you're into someone, you're into someone. There shouldn't be kind of a black and white like I think I think hesitancy in terms of like, oh, am I am I coming off a certain way or like I hope I hope they like me as much as I like them. I think that's normal or even just to have moments of like, oh, is this too good to be true? I think that's normal. I I don't I think what's not normal is like always wondering. I shouldn't say normal, but what's not okay is always wondering like when am I going to hear it from that person? Like I Mm. one thing I have learned is if someone's interested in you, they're interested in you. And yeah. I've also learned that my gut, 90% of the time, I remember once there was a date I went on where I met him at a bar. Um, we went out, I think it was a couple days later. And like from the moment, like we said goodbye. And I don't know what, like, I, maybe it was just because the date itself, the date itself seemed to go really well, actually. I think we had like good conversation. We were getting to know each other. It lasted like five hours. It was a long date. Mm-hmm. And when we said goodbye, I kind of like, an hour or two later just texted him to be like hey that was fun thanks but just even that gap of time where he didn't text to say hey i had a really good time but he didn't text to say that and automatically my brain went to oh he's not interested and sure enough uh a few days later he finally messaged to be like 
to say ah, he was seeing someone or he had been seeing someone right. else and was trying to work it out with them but like I just knew like yeah. it was no real Sometimes reason I just, just knew there are situations I've been in where like I'm with someone in person and their vibe totally changes and I'm like oh well maybe this is just an off day because sometimes like my friends in relationships will have off days with their partners but they'll be like oh he didn't do this and he normally does that but sometimes that's like totally normal sometimes you're just like not on the same wavelength and so I'd have moments like that but in my head I'd be like I'm never gonna see this person again and then I wouldn't yep. and it's just like yeah that the fact that that feeling is always right I hate that yeah because sometimes I don't want to assume things right away before talking to someone agree but my gut feeling has always been right and so it's just trying to listen to that but also respect that the other person also has their story as well trust your gut people it means everything little gut man. <laughs> <laughs>